the Lord, hallelujah. Everybody, welcome to our video podcasting, Portland City of Blessing Church. We are here coming together because we believe in grow together in worship, oneness, and witness. Audience, right now, welcome in this video podcasting, Apostle Richard Wright. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome to our video podcasting, Apostle. How are you doing? I'm very happy that you asked me to be with you. Praise the Lord. I'm grateful to be here, and I'm grateful for this electronic mechanism that allows us to communicate. Yes. My hope is... My hope and my prayer is you are well, anointed, energized, electrolyzed, and uh, powerful. And that is what I see you. We have not seen each other for quite some time, but you look very healthy. I'm good. I'm good. Amen. Thank God. I know you, are, you must be very busy. You must be uh, using this technology that you've always been very friendly with gadget and technology. And that is one of the uh, things that I always remember about you. Well, let's go in into topics that we are going to speak. I know your time is limited. And uh, I'd like to have you uh, share to our audience about your personal reflection since the day when we have um, this pandemic coming in. So uh, I'd like to have you just speak and share from your heart, your personal reflection, what is actually God speaking to you. I know you've been giving me the newsletter. I know you've been writing, you've been seeing, you know, you've been uh, sharing to the body of Christ. Give us uh, like two or three minutes of how you can pack the whole things. <laughs> I will do my best to do that. Um, Amen. You know, we, it's kind of sad. My reflections uh, are varied because I, I see it from the natural point. I see it from God's point of view. That's and right. What, what is really bothering me the most, I guess, is to see the young people out there who don't really know and understand what they're demanding what they're protesting about, that nothing seems to ever satisfy them. They, they keep asking for this, that, and the other. And uh, and I hear these cries for justice, justice, justice. And I ask myself, where is the church crying for righteousness, righteousness, righteousness? Because I see in the book of Psalms, tells us that the foundations of the throne of God are righteousness and justice, righteousness and justice. And right now we're out of balance. People crying for justice, but they're not crying for God's Amen. kind of justice. That's good. They're, they're crying for their own personal feelings. And consequently, we live in a time when the flesh is ruling. And it needs to be the spirit ruling. I don't know how we're going to do that, except the church needs to come together, first of all. Come together. We're, we're one body. There's only one 
one church in the entire New Testament. There's only one kind of church. There's only one body of Christ. There's only one Lord, one baptism, one faith. Amen. And we are so divided. And so we're just sitting back, letting everything happen and praying. And it's good to pray, but many times we need to be doing things. Now, I myself can't get out and do anything because of my physical condition and my age. My heart doctor told me on the phone that I have to be locked down because of my medical history and things in my age. Because if I got the virus, I wouldn't recover. I see. So so uh, I, I believe this to the younger. I'm saying, come on, younger ministry, get out there <laughs> and start preaching righteousness. And first, we've got to preach righteousness in our churches. We've gotten away from, I think the church has gotten away from the first commandment. God is God is no longer our priority. God is no longer number one. But every, you read Apostle Paul, Peter, and the rest of them, the, the early apostles, you read their writings and you'll see that they were trying for the church to, well, I, I think my my greatest cry is, I'm, I'm in agreement with Apostle Paul. In Galatians 4.19, he says to the church there, my children with whom I am in labor until Christ is formed in you. He's talking to the church. And I'm talking to the church too. We've got to get out of religion and get back in the spirit. We are to be walking, living examples of the temple of Holy Spirit. And until we are, we'll never change anybody. We've got to first change ourselves. It's got to happen internally. The church has to come into a great change before we ask the Lord to change. That's right. I think um, I just want to reiterate what you mentioned, actually, The bottom line is actually we are coming in into Ephesians chapter 6 where actually our battle is not against flesh and blood. Uh, We have to understand there is an enemy, the invisible enemy, since the day number one. So when we see that actually uh, this enemy tried to make us confused, tried to make us actually become um, uh, fighting one another, uh, instead of uh, we see naturally, uh, of course, it's very confusing in this moment. But how would you respond and how can you see beside prayer, beside preaching, beside believing the word of God, beside, you know, uh, asking heavens to come down in this most chaotic moment ever that actually I've been living for. But sometimes I believe this is one of the most uh, shaken things in my life. So how would you respond, Apostle, uh, to translate the Ephesians chapter 6? Yeah. To answer your first statement, I call it a mind-blinding spirit. Mm. That's what the enemy is trying to do. Is see. To blind our mind. We, we can't see. Right. We can't see. And people can't see the truth for all the clouds. That's right. I blame a lot. I blame a lot of that on the church as a whole. That's why I say the church has got to get our act together before we go out and changing others. And we don't have it together. The churches far have it together. I, churches have become entertainment centers. I'm not Indeed. talking about all of them, of course, but many of them have become places of entertainment. We've taught people 
what they're looking for in church is to be entertained and get the goosebumps and jump up and down and so forth. Yeah, we don't function. We, not, we don't function as a church. Yeah. No. But if you read the fourth chapter of Ephesians, verses 11 through 16, you'll see there, uh, first of all, it says Jesus gave to the church. The, the church is, belongs to Jesus. He is the head of the church. And my question is, why don't we follow Jesus? And I've, I've found not many churches are following the teachings of Christ. And when he taught his disciples and trained his disciples, to do the work of the ministry. He didn't come to do everything. He came to train them to do the work. And I can show you several passages where they do, but he gave in Ephesians 4, says Jesus, who is our head, gave to the church how he wanted the church to be governed. There's five ministries. There, That's right. Just two. There's five. five there's offices. no place in the Bible. There's no place in the Bible can you prove or justify that every, every leader of every church is called, be called pastor. It's not in the Bible. He gave five ministries. And this is one of the reasons we're segregated. We're not one because the foundation of the church is the apostles and prophets. And most churches aren't founded by apostles and prophets. They're founded by pastors. Bless their heart. I'm not against pastors. I love that. I need pastors. But I need all five. The church needs all five for a balanced diet. So one of the reasons we're so divided is we don't, many churches don't believe it. And they explained it away by saying, well, apostles and prophets, that, that's not for today. And I asked them, well, show me the scripture that tells me that those ministries were deceased one day. And nobody can show me those scriptures because it, they're not there. So, yes, according to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, it takes five ministries to bring the church into unity and maturity. And that's what Christ said. I mean, I can't change what Jesus said, but I don't understand why man keeps wanting to change the church because they have a better idea than God does for the church. So we're so broken up and divided because Jesus said, or when he gave the five ministries, we're told in that passage of Scripture that the results of that is the church will become mature, unified, and they'll be trained and equipped to do the work of the ministry. Most churches aren't training and equipping the saints. They're just preaching at them and, and teaching. Teaching is fine, but teaching is not training. That's right. Uh, Discipling, training disciples and training, yeah. Training is putting into practice the teaching. There's a lot, of, a lot of good teaching out there. But now we need a place, a church, that allow us to practice our gifts, our calling. Yes. And so we have set that here. We've been doing that for over 40 years. And we're, we're small, which tells you that most people don't want that. So in order to draw large crowds, we have to give people what they want. Right. Sorry. That's right. Jesus didn't do that, and that's why the thousands walked away from it. Indeed. So the church could be, and it's so close, could be the answer to this sick and dying world if we would apply the Word of God to Amen. ourselves. Amen. Let me change the subject a little bit, and this is probably the last before we close. 
I know uh, the video podcasting normally just only lasts for 12 minutes, but I just wanted, oh. yeah, <laughs> so that the audience is good. But it's okay, Apostle. Uh, how do you see uh, America's future? How do you see through your experience and how you could see through your spiritual reader and how America's future looks like uh, in your lenses? in the lens of contrast, in the lens of comparison, in the lens of conversion, how would you see America looks like in the next following year or two? Go ahead, Apostle. You're asking me to be prophetic, and I'm going to give you a prophetic word that came here in 2011. And there was a prophetic word that came here that prophesied this storm. It said there would not be anybody in the world on this planet that would be left untouched. And that it's already happening. That this prophecy is being fulfilled. But this prophecy also said that uh, during this storm, toward the last part of this storm, we will see the greatest revival the world has ever seen. Amen. Because people turn to God. When we see the end of all this mess and all this violence and hatred, I've never seen so much hatred. hatred. When we see this start to turn, when people finally decide there is an answer, <laughs> we're right. going to see the greatest revival. People come to God out of need. That's right. Now, this prophecy, again, I'll mention this prophecy, and I mentioned it several times because it's so accurate. It came here, though, in 2011 and told us what was coming. And one of the things it said was we're going to see the greatest That's revival right. this has seen because people will be coming to God through all the disaster, through, through the need, through the hurt. Through the suffering. Amen. Amen. They're going to find out God's the only answer. Hallelujah. <laughs> I like to hear that because very uplifting news. Instead of we see things going, but we're coming back, what the Lord is saying that the last day there will be a great harvest. There will be a great revival. There will be a great things like what man cannot do, but actually yes. it is set up by God. Ah. Planned by God, yes. designed by God, according to the blueprints of God. Hallelujah. So I just want to... It's almost like they have to get worse before they get better. Amen. That's... <laughs> wow. Amen. So we are actually, both of us believe in a local church. We believe in a, in a, in a, in a home church that we have. And I believe that right after this, all coming back to... Um, less chaotic, I believe that the function of the church should be uh, coming to uh, coming to what the Lord wants to be. We must, like I said before, we must get our act together because we've got to be ready to receive these people, these people that are hurting wow. and bleeding, these people that are suffering. We've got to be wow. ready to receive them and show them Christ kind of love. Yes. We're yes. Be ready I, I receive that. that. I receive there is that. A yes. Amen. There's a family that's going to be a part Amen. of that. Yes. Amen. Well, Apostle, it's good to always hear from your heart in this moment. I am so thankful just for a little bit we can just tap in about yes, the spiritual aspect that you have mentioned earlier. So audience, once again, I just want to say thank you so much for Apostle Richard Wright. Wishing him always the best. Wishing him always healthy. Hallelujah. 
when this Thank all you. over, let's get together and having breakfast again, Apostle. I'm for that. God bless you, and God bless you. your ministry. And yours. Thank you, sir. Love you. Love you. Love yes, you. love you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.